Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. It is going to be a good day because we got a good show planned for you. And I'm thankful that you are here with us, Chris. My husband, my pastor, my all in all here on this (laughs) earth is with me as well. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. And I love the positioning statement that uh, you and Claire Peterson came up with. Lay it on us. The, uh, I almost said the Chris and Emily show. It's been so long. No apology with Emily and Chris, bringing light to your world, honestly and authentically, and without apology. Yeah, I like that, Freshroadmedia.com. <laughs> so you're all smiles. I love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yesterday was actually Sunday. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I wanted to get your feedback on this because I read this uh, when I was on social media. Somebody just made the comment. He was a pastor. And he said that early on in his pastoral ship, whatever you want to call it, His sending pastor told him that, you know, with regard to taking time off and getting refreshed and getting renewed, how to do that to make sure that you do that. But then he went on to explain how after you've preached on a Sunday with just the week of preparing and the struggle and sometimes you're giving hard messages and yada, 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 and then you get up there and you have to deliver this for this extended period of time and then it's talking to the people. All that emotion, all that energy, all of that can can be the equivalent of getting into a car accident. Mm. And I'm like, when I read that, it totally made sense, number one. And then number two, when you would get home from, when we get home from church, a lot of times you're you're more quiet than normal, you know? <laughs> and so usually I'm like, okay, there's a, there's something really, really wrong here. I used or, all my words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. But yeah. And so it's, it's just a rhythm that I've seen in our yeah. life unfold. And I'm wondering... Is that is it almost like getting in a car accident every week? It's different. I mean, just the physical. Look, ugh, look, to there, it. there's something uh, terrifying about doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, once you've done it for a while, and and you haven't what I call seat time. You've you've had enough stage time. You've been on, I don't know whether it's ten shows, fifteen shows, whatever it is. It's more than just two or three. Right. Okay, once you get there, then it's different. Then your nervousness is different. And performing in that environment is some of the most fulfilling flesh nature things you can do as a performer. I mean, come on, walking on stage in front of a thousand people and having them laugh for 30 minutes at everything you say, it's intoxicating. <laughs> it's also fatiguing. Yeah. Uh, being a conference speaker uh, or even doing TV commercials, when, when you're talent and you're in front and the light's on you and, and people are expecting you to do something, there's effort and in, in stuff that, that happens. There is nothing... Nothing like preaching the gospel. It's it's its own animal. Mm-hmm. Now we have a sanctuary at our church. It's almost set up like a comedy club. Um, we have little tables for everybody to have their donuts and where they can take notes. And uh, to me, it's probably the most special place I've ever preached in. I've only been here thirteen months, uh, and already it's like this is number one. It's the very my very favorite place of anywhere I've ever spoken. And we're building a new stage because we got a whole new addition on it. It's going to just be awesome. But I can get up there and I can share information from that pulpit and the room is set up for a conference or for a school board or whatever. Mm -hmm. And speaking from that platform behind that pulpit, no big deal. But when you're there on a Sunday morning and it's a worship service and you're the one bringing the word, there's something about it that it is twice as heavy, Mm -hmm. twice as rewarding, 
and twice as fatiguing. So yeah, yeah you go home and you're just you're just white. You're just you're bent. just white. I was yeah. an interim pastor for six weeks for a very large church in Phoenix, and they had three services. The sanctuary sat fifteen hundred people. I remember that. And the eight o'clock, the nine thirty, and the eleven. And the problem that I started having then, and I knew that I was in trouble because I used to preach without notes. I used to only have an envelope with bullet points. Now I manuscript because my mind goes. So I'll go to tell a story. Um, like yesterday, I used the Field of Dreams uh, movie with Kevin Costner as, as my, my example. When I'm telling that story in the 11 o'clock service, I can't remember whether I just said it like two seconds ago or that feeling of saying it two seconds ago actually was 930. Or yeah, because you, know, you said it twice already, and it's like, where did I say that? Where did, did I, I say that? that? So, so now yeah. your mind is playing tricks with you while you're up in front of everybody. <laughs> And here's the other thing: if you don't like my comedy, if you don't, you know, if you don't like, uh, you know, uh, you know, me doing, you know, whatever, uh, yeah. preaching on American history or not teaching on American history, not preaching, and that that's one thing. But if God doesn't like my preaching, that's a whole right. other animal. That's a lot bigger matzo ball hanging out there spiritually. If well, you understand more, what yeah. you're doing, so yeah, much it's more on the much more at stake. So yeah, all right. So here's my question then: because are you? Are you, can you do it again? Because I want to go to, I, I want to go to our little apologetic moment, and I yes. just want to make sure you're ready, you're fresh. Oh yeah, let's go. Let's All go. right, turning to our apologetic moment, Chris Danielson. What? What, what are we going to call it? Like Bible idiots? I don't or? know. Oh. <laughs> I was just winging it. Well, my teaching platform on freshroadmedia.com is Bible Idiots. So That's what the sermon. I was just gonna say. Oh, okay. I okay. was just gonna. I was just gonna do the big. Game show, not game show, but okay. yeah. Da, da, I, da, I tell you what, I tell you what. Let, right. me, let me bring you up full camera. <laughs> All right, and from the top. Yes. Let's bring people behind the curtain. In three, two, let her rip. And now for our apologetic moment, Pastor Chris Danielson from Bible Idiots. It is the teaching platform for Fresh Road Media. He joins us for his look, his deep dive into apologetics for the day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Need some work. Need some work. Let me try it again. Yeah. <laughs> I right. don't know. I look tired. That's Let's for sure. talk right. about though your your uh your message from yesterday was I gotta say it was kind of intense. <laughs> it was really intense. Was it? Yeah, and it was and it and it's up on freshroadmedia.com right now. But Chris, you made a really great illustration because you preach in Iowa. And I loved how you brought in that movie, even though it's not a Christian movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you brought in the field of dreams because we were talking before with Don Keith. If you just tell a good story, chances are there's some spiritual aspects there. Mm -hmm. And there were some spiritual aspects that you tied into your message yesterday. Well, you know, the, the whole point is who are you listening to? Right. And part of what my teaching platform is always going to be about is... Your inputs affect your outputs. If you want to just sit and listen to heavy metal music and you want to just sit and watch uh, horror movies and you want to, you know, just continue to consume all of these things, uh, it, your output as a yeah. human will be affected. Yeah. As a Christian, um, if you have a bunch of those worldly inputs without, you know, Chris, are you saying that if I watch a, a, a scary movie that I, and no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way you consume everything. 
The way we consume everything determines how we have outputs, and, and it comes down to who are you listening to now. Gary Kuhn is going to be our special guest coming up. He is uh, a marriage – I consider him a marriage expert because he has been working in the marriage field for so long, and the success of couples who have torn up their divorce papers after hanging out with him for a while, it's unbelievable. I can't wait for the audience to meet him. But the with him coming up, I started thinking about who are we listening to in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is we came we, – we, 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 went, we went off the rails somewhere in the last 20, 30, 40 years with marriage. And I know it's always been a problem. True, but yeah. it's not anymore what – I can be for this person. And what what can this person do for me? And when you and, and Emily, if you if you don't you know if, if you have another week like last week, we we might have to cut you loose. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's like who lives that way? Right. Well, right. people who have put themselves on the throne of God live that way. And so uh, I I always think of you know instead of what I can get out of it, what can I give to it? Mm-hmm. And then what I get out of it just seems to kind of rebound. I think of that old. Alzheimer lady. She's in uh, the nursing home and the husband comes, they've been married for over 50 years and he comes every day, mm-hmm. every day. And she has no idea who he is. Sometimes she even tells him off and, and he just smiles and he knows that she's not in her right mind. She's not in her right state and he's not doing anything wrong. And so the hospital staff came to him and they said, why do you keep coming every day? She doesn't even know who you are. And Emily, you know his response. I his do. response is, yeah, but I know who she is. Mm-hmm. And I know who she always will be, even though the, the, this shell is going to take her to her, her heavenly home. And I'm going to be here with her for this shell, even if she tells me off every day, because yeah, yeah, I know yeah, who yeah. she is. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. Who are you listening to? That's kind of the, 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 the point of it. And so your inputs affect your outputs. Okay. And so God has given us an incredible gift, which America, and I say America, the world, because Europe kind of led the way in this, they want to get rid of it. And that's called the Bible. And the Bible, you know, the scriptures are our final authority for our life here on earth. And when you put it into context, it makes so much sense. If you take it out of context, people like me, we're morons to, to folks. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. You guys well, mind if I jump in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike no, wants in? Yeah, yeah Mike yeah, wants okay. in, yeah. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, jump right. on in. I'll, all right. Now, I, I, I'll pot your mic up, too. For, oh, yeah, turn on my mic. Yeah, <laughs> you want, this no, is, I, uh, Mike, you're... Yeah. You're supposed to wait in the green room till uh, you're called. I know, I know, I know, but you're, I couldn't. I got to be honest, your segment's probably 30 minutes away. But okay. go ahead, you're here. No, yeah, no, well, no, what are your thoughts, Mike? Well, yeah, seriously. So, about yesterday's sermon, and yeah. to oh, me, okay. this is a beautiful um, example of how the Holy Spirit works. When you have someone like Chris who's prepared a message, he's working in partnership with God, and the Holy Spirit's with him during the process of preparing and delivering, and then... Those of us that are in the audience, that the Holy Spirit works on our hearts, and mm-hmm. we get the message that that He has for us. Yeah. And yesterday's message for me was just a giant confirmation of why I came to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Because when you talked about the Field of Dreams, and you talked about, and I, and you know the 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 characters in the movie a lot better than I do. But well, I want to hear the message now. Right. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, Go to freshroadmedia.com and uh, look on Bible you Idiots. That's the latest one. Yeah. The latest uh, one it's called, I, I titled it Thanks for Listening. Thanks for Listening. Yeah. Yep, yep. So um, while I was listening, you were talking about the character who, you know, um, 
something about selling the farm. But he, yes. but then he was he was urging him not to sell yeah. the farm because he could he could finally see the players yeah. that had come back uh, from the past to play. And he's like, "There's no way you can sell the farm now because I can see the players." And you talked about us with a discernment when we're walking with God, when we're careful about the voices that we're listening to, when we're trusting only the one true voice. We can see the players yeah. mm-hmm. in this yep. analogy. Yep. And I'm like, that's exactly why I'm here. Yeah. I can see the players. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we have the same spirit. We are on the same page. We have the same goal. And I'm just so glad God brought me here. I get fired up about it again. Um, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, so much so you'll just... Bust right in. And hey, I gotta tell you, I just gotta Which, tell you. Yeah, 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 studio yeah, producer, yeah. you no. can do that anytime you and want. And I love I that care. because yeah, speaking yeah, of yeah. the Holy Spirit, that's kind of where I was trying to. That's where I was trying to go with you as well, Chris. Was just what a great illustration that that movie Field of Dreams is, yeah. where when the main character saw the saw the the players. It changed everything, and all of a sudden, he's doing things that the people around him are going, "This doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You're nuts." Mm-hmm. Uh, and his brother was telling him, "Dude, brother-in-law, you, brother-in-law, you got to sell this farm. You yep. got to sell the farm." But then later on, when the brother-in-law saw it too, yeah. then he's like, "You can't sell that yeah. farm." And so the Holy Spirit brings us all onto that same page, and I absolutely love that. But Chris, people ask me a lot. You know, do you help Chris with his sermon? Does he tell you what he's going to preach on? And generally speaking, no. no. I mean, you'll tell me like what scripture you're going to be preaching on, but we don't talk about what what you're going to be saying from that pulpit. That's well, I will like come to you. you I will God. come to you, and I'll ask you like. Should I use the term judgmental onlookers or sinners and losers? Yeah. And you will help me. <laughs> you will help me with I that. help you not get fired. So, uh, that's yeah, that's true. You, you'll ask for little grammatical <laughs> yeah, yeah. things, but I still don't really but even know. I, I gave up on trying to be the polished orator about a decade ago. Uh, One of the most yeah. freeing things I've ever did. Yeah. And uh, it was longer than that now. Yeah. Why is it that when I think back to 2003, 2004, I say a decade ago? That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Time Two flies. decades, crazy. Time flies. Time flies. Oh, Thanks crazy. for letting me jump in, you guys. All right. Yeah, no, gonna, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get back to whatever it is I do when you're <laughs> yeah. doing your own stuff. <laughs> right. All right. Hey, jump in anytime. Oh, really? I, yeah. 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 Why not? Be careful what you ask <laughs> for. <laughs> All right, Mike's going to bail. I'm going to finish my teaching, and then we've got Gary Kuhn hanging yes. out with us. But first, before we do that, Emily, I want to talk a little bit about your microphone. Okay. Okay, it's it. it you you need to push it up just a little bit more if you want the what you called the Claire look. She's like Claire had her microphone like that. I it want it like really- that. <laughs> now here's what here's what I'm here's why I won't do that to my microphone. Why won't you do that? Because to your when microphone? you do that, you look like a gerbil. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> Claire did not look like a gerbil. I don't look like a gerbil. Did you just wreck your microphone? I my, just busted my this microphone. This is what Mike does in the background while we're having. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get back to my teaching. I just want to finish it up here. Yeah, let's do. All right. In John chapter 10, it talks about having life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is a more abundant life? Okay. The first thing people are going to say, more money, more property, more cars. The things the world says. Yeah. More this. For women, more shoes. You know, know, for men, more shoes. Yeah. I went through my closet the other day and I was just sad. <laughs> I reflected back to the time when I only had three pair of shoes and I was a happy man. 
I remember going to a marriage conference, and that was a question that all the women got asked. And Chris, you and I had just moved. How many pairs of shoes do you have in your closet right now? Mm-hmm. And the women were like, um... 32, uh, 28. One person had like 55. The and husband I'm like, and wife had to match yeah, numbers. We had just moved, so I had purged. Yeah. And I'm like, I have like eight. <laughs> no, the answer was 19. Oh, okay. I said 19, you said 18. And it turned out that we were so we were only one shoe away, so one we won. Shoe. We won. And I knew that you had 18 or 19 because I boxed them like right before we. Yeah. Well, the point was. Like two months before we did that marriage conference. I had hardly any shoes compared to other women. I'm like, I feel really dumb. I felt really bad writing that number down at first. But 19 being low? I thought that's a lot of shoes. How ridiculous is that? Until I heard everybody oh, else's yeah. answer. I no, 19 so for a woman in America is kind of low. Is it? Uh, anyway. Guys normally have three pair. I think we're sidetracked, though. Um, and, and I have like 12 or 13 pair yeah. now because they don't wear out and my feet aren't getting bigger. So yeah. they, I just collected them. That's true. And anyway. Okay, so what was your point? I don't even know. <laughs> I had it. Oh, John 10, Life More Abundantly. <laughs> Yeah. Not shoes, I'll tell in, you that. In the world, in the in the live life more abundantly, there's one key. There's one key to all of it, okay? Yeah. And that is Jesus says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice. What if you're not hearing the voice of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Are you, in fact, his sheep? Here's the thing. We go through valleys. We go through dry spots. We go through times when it just ain't clicking like it used to. No two things ever happen the same way. No two days are ever alike. Everything, you know, have you ever gone to that restaurant and had that beautiful meal and that great time? Emily and I have. And you know what? We go back to recreate it and it's never the same. Right, right. I'm not saying it's worse because sometimes we've actually found it to be better or this, you know, a different kind of great. And, but most of the time it's a step back. Yeah. You know, you it just, it's, you go to recreate that mountaintop experience at that favorite restaurant, and it just turns out to be an average day. So in that world, life more abundantly, it comes down to do you hear your shepherd? And if you don't, then I encourage you to desperately, desperately, desperately get back into God's yeah. Word and let him speak to you through his Word first, and then open your spirit to him. Ask him, is there anything? You know, a lot of times people aren't hearing from God, and, and you, you talk to them and you find out they are going to God telling God, you have to meet me on my terms, and God doesn't roll that way. I mean, would you do that with your dog? Would you do that with your child? <laughs> would you do that with anything that you are the right, master of right. or in charge of? Would, would No, you wouldn't. So God's not going to do that either. Right, so yep. that's the gist of it. But I want to get into marriage with um, with Gary Kuhn. And me of course, too. right on with, uh, way off with uh, Mike Shaw coming up around the corner. Yeah. And so that's uh, all I have to say on that. I love that. Field of Dreams. Watch again if you haven't seen it in a while and just relate that to your spiritual walk. When you have finally been given eyes to see and ears to hear from the God of the universe, it can change the way you perceive all other things. So stay with us. You're listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris on Fresh Road Media. Right now, our good friend Gary Kuhn is in the green room. We're going to be bringing him up on the guest cam. There he is. So glad to have you with us. Welcome to the show, Gary. Good morning, Em and Chris. It's good to see you again. 
Oh, well, you are our marriage expert. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Gary Kuhn was in ministry as a pastor for over 40 years. He is the founder and the curriculum designer of a ministry called Design to Thrive, which is a marriage ministry with incredible success rate. I've been on that board since its inception. And he's also the partner, as we just explained to you uh, at the beginning of the show, who is going to go again with me to Israel. We are kind of co-hosting buddies when we take folks to Israel. So we've done a lot of stuff together, Gary, and this is your first time, I think. Uh, did you ever come on the Chris and Emily show as a guest devotionator or anything in the past? I, I, I mean, no, you, did... you, you told me I wasn't important enough. Then. <laughs> I think things have changed, so we're good now. Hey, there He's is an a, influencer there, now. There is, there, there is a project. There is a project that we did with Al Robertson that is, that is still sitting there, and we did it in 2017, 18, called Six Weeks with the Bible Idiots, where we put a panel discussion together, and we actually filmed it at Gary's church. And Gary, you're in that panel discussion. So this is not the first time we've actually worked together in media. Oh, not at all, Chris. And we've worked together not only in Israel, but when, when you and Em were at our church, we, we did some projects there. So yeah, we've we've been together on a lot of things that the Lord's allowed us to do together. So yeah. Well, I'm excited for you to come on the show. I want you to be a regular guest on Emily's show, and Emily wants that too, because what we want to be about in our ministry, part of what we want to do in our ministry is we want to be part of the solution for marriages that are struggling. And not only that, but we also want to be an encouragement to marriages that are going good so that they continue to go good. And the Bible gives us so much. Tell us a little bit about when you got involved in ministry uh, on the marriage side, very intentionally to the point where that became your second career after God uh, let you leave the pulpit after 40 years. <laughs> that, uh, that was a long question. I know. In other words, why marriage ministry, Yeah, why Gary? marriage ministry? What happened to make you go that way during your 40 years of successful pulpit ministry? You, you know, it's interesting. it's interesting you said God let me leave. I think he kind of pushed me. It was time, <laughs> it was time to leave, but... Uh, uh, at Georgetown Bible Church in 2006, uh, I, I began to really have a heart for marriages and not marriages that, that were in crisis, though I, I would help those. We recognized that about 80% of Christian marriages uh, were just existing. They weren't thriving. They were getting along. They were doing mm -hmm. their job. They, mm -hmm. But there just wasn't what God intended it to be. So at that time, I talked to a friend of mine who had recently gone through a divorce and uh, Jeff and Rosanna Dornboss, and I said, listen, we, we need to do something to help marriages before they get to the crisis, to prevent that crisis, to give them tools, to strengthen them so that they can be uh, not only strong marriages as an individual, but in their church and in their community. So mm -hmm. uh, that's where things began, Chris, back in 2006. Yeah. You know, we've heard a lot about like how marriage, family, it's it's the backbone of culture, you know, the, that family unit. It is important for it to be not just existing, but thriving as well. Talk to us, like from that biblical worldview, how does that work? Why is that important? Why is marriage so very important in God's economy? Well, all I can tell you is it's the very first thing that he established after creation. Marriage has been a priority and always will be a priority between one man and one woman. And uh, that marriage covenant, that relationship began when God realized, hey, I did everything great, but man's alone. Mm -hmm. And created woman and, and said, now be fruitful and multiply. The two shall become one. They did. And marriage was established, by the way, I don't want to sound like a heretic, way before the church. Mm -hmm. way before the church was born. So mm -hmm. God has had a priority on that relationship. And when marriages in the church are not strong, 
when they're struggling just to exist, it, it's, it affects everybody in the church. I used to say to our, our church board, listen, guys, our, our church is only as strong as our weakest marriage. Mm. Mm. Interesting. That's a powerful statement, actually. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's really good. I'm going to carry that with me. So, um, it's just like your church board's only as strong as the uh, the walk of your weakest member. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. same concept. Exactly. So, what are some things? Because I have to agree with you. Um, that's that, a shock. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree with you. We, we've been if... we've been really following Emily how she agrees with everybody but me. <laughs> that just proves her. That proves her wisdom. It's a joke, no, but anyway. I agree with you in that there are so many couples that are, they're just kind of going through the motions now. That's not an uncommon thing anymore. Mm. What would you contribute? What are some main things? Because I'm sure there's a lot of things, but what are some main things that kind of contribute to those marriages that the passion goes out and we're just kind of going through the motions now? Yeah. Well, you know, Emma, I, I, I've spent, I've had the privilege of spending almost 4,000 hours of marital or premarital counseling with, with couples. And I observed during that time that uh, most of them were not taking any active strides for things spiritually together. They, they mm. were doing their devotions individually, mm -hmm. and they were proud of that, but they weren't spending time. Uh, we find even in our marriage retreats, hundreds of couples, that uh, they'll come in, strong in their personal relationship, but haven't prayed together in months, if not yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. What, and I think that's is, a huge thing. What does that do for a couple when they start, you know, getting into those intimate areas of their lives together rather than separately? What what does that do for that marriage couple? It it creates an intimacy that goes way beyond physical or sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's very emotional for me when I watch couples who, uh, by the way, in our retreats, two months after their retreat together with them, uh, we have a follow-up session. They, they come back at the goals they set on retreat. We meet with them two months later, buy them dinner, and we say, hey, how you doing on those commitments you made? And I cannot tell you the number of couples with tears in their eyes and said, you know, we took your advice. We are now praying together. We're doing devotions. We never did them together. We're doing them twice a week. And mm. it's made a huge change in how we communicate with each other and even how we communicate with God individually. That's you know, awesome. one of the things that I have always felt like was a success for my family is that we had one little thing. I know a lot of other families have it, and I know some families have just said it ain't no big deal. But to me, it's, it's everything. In fact, even yesterday... We, we made, we made a, a quasi-rule on the fly for this, and it's called eating together, mm. breaking bread together. As a family, every night at the dinner table is why my family and our kids and we are who we are. Without that experience, you know, just over and over and over and over again for decades, you don't get that tie that binds. And now I, Emily was on a different diet yesterday, and so I had to, you know, I chose to cook my own little thing. But when it was time for me to eat, <clears throat> excuse me, she sat with me while I ate. Even though she didn't sit at the table, she sat near me and we talked. It's almost like I don't want to just sit and eat this meal by myself if you're anywhere near. I need you to be, be in the same room with me and, like, dine with me. How much of breaking bread in mm. general terms leads to successful marriages and successful families from your perspective? Breaking bread, uh, having meals together. 
and it's and it gets even more difficult when you have children and mm. especially when those children get older and they've got softball practice or volleyball practice or band practice or whatever it, it gets very difficult uh you're blessed that you did that even even growing up it was difficult for me as a pastor to get that time together uh, but i think it's very important i think that's one of many habits that christian marriages need to develop and and most christian marriages don't do that yeah. and i'm not just talking about the rope time uh you know some people uh, will do devotions on every, every meal and that's great but sometimes even that becomes just mundane you got to be creative and we need to be creative as believers god gave us imaginations that gave us a great mind and i believe god's got a great sense of humor uh -huh. and those things need to be a part of a marriage as well but eating together even if it's i don't care if it's fast food uh, we've got to the place instead of driving through we're going to go in we're okay. going to sit down together yeah. Even, if it, it, even if it's just fast food, we can still sit on together. On plastic furniture? <laughs> on plastic furniture. You expect me, Chris, to go in there and sit on plastic furniture when we could just go through the drive-thru. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think there's something about face-to-face. -face. And yeah. when I say face-to-face, -face, I mean literally physically face-to-face. And not we with say our, that on technology. Uh, no, but <laughs> we no we can we can sit at a table and both be on our mm -hmm. phones, and it doesn't matter that you're sitting at the same table. Um, just looking your spouse in the eye, that eye to eye contact, that face to face dialogue. There's something very relevant there, isn't there? There certainly is, and and people who are not spending time together spiritually. Mm -hmm. probably aren't spending good quality time together just in life. And, and you can't do life and you can't face life. It, 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 the world is evil. The, the world hates marriage. We know that from everything mm -hmm. we see in, in the news. And, and, we, and I, I got to tell you, I'll, I'll say this and probably be in trouble, but most churches don't do a real good job of making marriage a priority. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. I'd have yeah. to agree with that. So let me talk to you. Um, yeah, but there are some that do because we've gone. Oh, no, no, there's some done do, do great jobs. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. he didn't oh, say yeah. it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, but 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 it yeah. is a weakness of the visible church of of even even the the sold out church, even the good yeah. ground church. Sometimes marriages fall down, and and the exception to the rule is part of the problem. I'll get to, into that in a minute. But you had another question. Go well, ahead. Uh, Gary, you made a really good point about the world. You know, and the world just impacts marriages, whether you like it or not. But I think that the world is sending so many uh, contradictory messages. You know, it contradicts the Bible. So what is what are some of those misconceptions that the modern married couple may have about marriage that the, the, the world's telling them it should be this way, but wait a minute, back up. The Bible says it should be a different way. What are some of those misconceptions? You you really think we have time for all those? I'll give you a few. But, uh, one, be, one or two. We need a whole show for that. <laughs> yeah. audio, we, got, yeah. we got time. Your, your audio's still good. The video's <laughs> lagging a little bit. But we're going to go ahead. But take as much time as you want, Gary. Try to, try to answer that monster of a question. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, just an advertisement. Uh, advertisement, the, the key word I heard last night, I counted it as we were watching uh, the ball game. And... I watched the commercials and, and 11 times in an hour, it talked about what, what I deserved. <laughs> uh, you deserve this. 
well, I don't deserve anything. Yeah. And, and, and we've given that mentality, well, you deserve to be happy. Well, it's not a scriptural concept at all, mm-hmm. but we've bought into it. You deserve to have these things. Mm. Scripture never teaches us that, that things are important. Right. And yet the mentality is done that. And then that's taken into the marriage. And there's a husband who will say, well, I deserve to be happy. I, I, you need to do these things because I deserve that. No, no. It, they've lost a complete sense of servanthood. Marriage is based on servanthood. And that biblical concept, that biblical worldview is absolutely essential. So everything around us, even, even what we would consider, quote, innocent advertising, there's no advertising that's innocent. Zero. <laughs> yeah, There's not yeah. a single thing that's put on that's just not true. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Gary Kuhn is our special guest today. He is the creator, uh, founder, designer of Design to Thrive. Maybe not designer, but uh, that's kind of God's concept. He wrote the curriculum that helps marriages. They, I want to talk a little bit about his approach to marriage versus our approach to marriage. They're completely different as far as marriage ministry, but they... And but they're not in competition with each other. Um, we do what what is like a mech a mech event, like a mech drive through event. We do like date nights, and we do a conference that's like two days. But what Gary does is he takes three couples and and two mentor couples that do all the serving all all weekend long. Take them to a high end resort and have a weekend together. It's called Design to Thrive Weekend Events. And here's the thing: when Gary, when you started this ministry, I I was blessed to be one of your first board members. But this costs couples nothing, and, and, and yet there's always funding available. It, it's, it's like God's hands involved in this. Let's talk a little bit about Design to Thrive uh, ministry. I mean, this is not a commercial for Design to Thrive. It's just such a cool concept. I want people to know about it so they can apply it to other areas of their life. Uh, but you started out with this idea, and you started doing these retreats while you were still a pastor. And tell us about why your stuff is successful, why your approach is successful, because it's not the same approach we have. And yet we can, you know, say, well, Gary's is better than yours. Or you know, No, that's not how it works. It's that yours is just what it is. And it's a great thing. So why did you come up with this weekend concept? How did it all come together? Well, we've, we've attended a lot of marriage conferences uh, and, and they've been good. I'm not being critical. I, uh, uh, you know, family life has a has a great conference a weekend to remember that what we looked at however was there's 300 400 500 couples there and very difficult to be intimate and there's so much information good information that it's like a, trying to drink out of a fire hose and and i said to my friend i i think that we need to look at three or four couples at a time uh design a weekend for them that begins on friday night at six uh that ends set sunday at, at about noon and we need to have four major subjects, and we can look at those if you want, that, that we address. But in that time, we even design it for Saturday afternoon after lunch from 12.30 to 5.30. You're free as a couple. We want you to spend time, just the two of you. Uh, part of the rule is that you, you can't even hang out with the other couples there. We just want you to find each other again. We want you to come to this place and and be renewed and restored and rejuvenated in in your love for each other. So it's unique in the fact that it's smaller. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the biggest excuses I used to hear from men, well, we just can't afford it. And you know, there's some truth to that. Uh, If you're going to go to one of the bigger conferences, it's going to cost you 12 to 1500 bucks. By the time you get a hotel, you pay for the conference costs, Mm -hmm. you get the resources, you buy your meals. 
Uh, we do ours absolutely free. And as you said, Chris, uh, the venues we have are top notch. The food is excellent. The resources that they get are free. Uh, they walk out of there with, if they want audio books, they want iPads, they want books in their hands. I'm old school. I love to have a book in my hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we offer all of that to them. They can walk away with 12 to 14 books, three or four on each of the subjects, and it's absolutely no cost. And the reason it's and, no cost is that people have made it that way. And marriages that have been healed over the over the years are the ones who continue to fund this. Is, is that accurate? Matter of fact, we've had two couples that uh, came with divorce papers. They ripped them up while they were there. Mm. A couple of them now are facilitators, teaching leaders, because God, Gary didn't do that. Doris no. didn't do that. God did that. Yeah, and, and that is so awesome. Changed their life. And, and about 40% of our givers are people that have gone on retreat afterwards and said, man, this helped us. How can we help? And then they come on board on a, on a monthly basis to help us. Hey, and average Gary, retreat costs about, yeah. No, go ahead. Average retreat costs what? An average retreat will cost about $3,600 for the weekend. Okay. So with four couples. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, awesome. Well, let's talk about it some more. Here's the here's the situation. Gary Coon's video is lagging really bad. Um, it, you audio listeners have no idea. His audio is clear, so we kept going. We're gonna take a break real quick and try to reset that. Come back. I want Gary to explain these four things that are going on. And uh, so let's just take a quick break. You're listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Special guest Gary Kuhn from Design to Thrive. It's Design Number Two or Design Number Two Thrive. That's the website. And we'll get all that around the corner. You're listening to No Apology on FreshRoadMedia.com. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We are your home to bring light to the world, honestly and authentically and without apology. And Gary Kuhn is our special guest. He is the curator, author, constructor. I don't even know. My mind's going out. Founder. Founder. Writer of the curriculum for Design to Thrive Marriage (laughs) Ministry. And his uh, video is still lagging a little bit, but we have a solution in post-production. So we're just going to keep going. Uh, Emily, it's just exciting. Gary's such a good friend. And it's the ministry that we do for the king that gets us so excited. That's the tie that binds us together. And so it's just exciting to have him back on the show. Yeah, Gary, you were talking about those like four areas or elements or whatever they were that you like to focus on at these um, retreats. Tell us about those four areas. Well, uh, number one is communication. We spend uh, probably a session and a half on that uh, because people just don't know how to communicate. Uh, mm-hmm. Communication is more than talking. It's certainly just as important to listen. We try to develop those skills, guys. We try to give them, uh, and public schools have lost any of that, the face-to-face thing. Uh, I've, I've, I've watched couples that have communicated with their phones. By the way, when they get retreat, they have to turn their phones into me. Uh, we spend the time with them. We make them spend the time face-to-face. But we, we have done a miserable job and still do of really communicating with one another on more than a surface level. So we spend a, t- a lot of time on that. Then we spend some time on finance. Uh, again, 98% of marriages, communication, finance, and sex are the big three why they, why they split up. But we mm-hmm. talk about money. We offer them not just <clears throat> developing a current budget, 
which most of them don't have. We have them take a look at the future. We use an, uh, a little insurance thing that's called the elephant in the room. And for women to have security, they need to know where things are. Uh, for for all, all my life, I'd say, hey, Doris, don't worry about it. It's all up here in my head. She said, yeah, and if you die, where would it be? So mm. we, we help them walk through planning exactly everything. You know, I, I did a funeral for when I was first in ministry for a guy that was my age, 28 years old. Three kids, mm. had no life insurance, nothing. So the grief was even worse for that woman. I went home and I said, babe, we're buying life insurance today, mm. at least enough to cover things. We, we talk about that. I don't sell it, but I want them to understand for, for a woman to be secure, she's got to know <clears throat> those, those financial things. So we talk about money, current budget, what goes on, how you spend it. Uh, we talk about giving to the church. I don't want their money. I'm not a pastor anymore, but mm -hmm. I want them to understand the philosophy of it's all God's. If they don't get that, they're never going to get it financially. Mm -hmm. So we walk through that. The third one is emotional and physical intimacy. We talk about how both of those tie together. Uh, again, I, I haven't done a retreat where sex hasn't been an issue for at least two of the couples. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one, 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 the guy wants more than he's getting. The girl isn't interested for whatever reason. And probably, again, probably most of that's a guy's fault. I, I use this illustration. You'll get a kick out of this. I, I always say, listen, guys, Doris and I used to fight about sex all the time. And they said, well, what do you do about it? I said, well, I couldn't get enough sex. She couldn't get enough money. I just pay her for it now. So now we're both happy. <laughs> And everybody laughs, but they get the, they get the point. Yeah, they yeah, get the point. Yeah, yeah she yeah. says you see two new pairs of shoes, and you know Gary was lucky this week. But we talk about the differences. Well, I hope this doesn't offend your audience. Oh, I don't no. care. But anyway, look. But if, anyways, if they if they um, haven't been offended by now, just give them time. I'm yeah. I'm still on the show, so I'm yeah. a very offensive and off putting person. I've been told. <laughs> So anyway, but but we talk about we talk about M. You, you talk about the spiritual end. Mm -hmm. Nothing more important in that physical relationship if the spiritual isn't good. Yeah. Mm. When that relationship is right, oh my goodness, it's unbelievable. And God intended that to be a part of the whole for us. So when we talk about physical, uh, the, the sexual part, we talk about the emotional part and how important that is. Usually to the woman, not always, but how important that is for that to be healthy and whole. And we, yeah. boy, we get some good questions. Uh, we have times where we break into sessions, just the men and just the women. And usually after that session, we have a lot of conversations <laughs> because uh, they were a little shy. But, and, and then the last one, of course, is the spiritual connection. We do that Sunday morning and we wrap all of that up together and, and helping them understand that without that, uh, their relationship will never be what it has to be. I never understood love until when when my mom used to tell me growing up, hey, Gary, I love you. Yeah, mom, I need 10 bucks. I got a date. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, Gary, I love you. Uh, I need the keys to the car. When my first child was born, I sat in that delivery room and hit myself in the head and said, man, she loved me this much. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that love until that happened. You can't understand the depth of love for your spouse until you understand the depth of love of God for you. 
Right. Right. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, as we're going through these things, Gary, um, because you've mentioned before, you don't have to be in crisis in order to take advantage of uh, this Design to Thrive weekend, because no matter where you are in your relationship, there's always room for improvement. We've always kind of got some blind spots in our visuals. So so you actually have people come who, yeah, our marriage, like, it's great, but we go to the design to thrive, and it's like, oh, here we can improve. Here we can get closer. Yeah. Here we can do better. Uh, I always, we ask them at the very beginning, we ask them to write their marriage, to write it mm-hmm. on a piece of paper where they are. And most of them will go between a five and a seven. And, and I'll say, and they'll say, it's okay. And I said, you want to settle for okay when the mm-hmm. God of the universe gave you something that can be unbelievably great and you want to mm-hmm. settle for okay? Mm-hmm. Not this weekend. I'm not going to do that this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, listen, you, God brought you here. He has something for you. And once you find it, don't leave it here. Take it home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we'll take marriages in crisis. Uh, sometimes they get there and they didn't realize how much in crisis they were. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they come just thinking, yeah, I'll go because I have to. And at the end, it's usually the men. We're watching them walk up. We help them bring their luggage in and their shoulders are down. At the end of the weekend, they're saying to me, I wish we'd have done this 10 years ago. Yeah. That's the, men, that's the men's response. <clears throat> yeah, that's and the girl, awesome. And the girls, and the girls are nagging and saying, I told you 10 years ago. <laughs> no, but, you know, <laughs> but that's usually what happens. Yeah. Well, exactly. people have always come to us and they've said, how can you put your marriage out in front of thousands of people every day for three hours a day? And I'm like, it's easy. It actually helps. You know, I mean, we we have to get along publicly. <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, I, I've told people, I've said, Emily has quit in the middle of the show three times in over 17 years. I had to do a three-song sweep in Arizona and go in the back on the steps and get a crying woman and bring her back onto the air because her name's on the show. And she's, she's out there because she's mad at me, who happens to be your spouse. And I said something on the air that really torqued her off or I did something wrong. Anyway, it's not all really. Rainbows. I, I can't believe that. I know. <laughs> I know. Wow. The the point is, is that when we would encourage marriages, it was literally like a drive through meal. Where what you guys do is you sit them down for a like a feast that is served with seven courses and white tablecloths. That doesn't make our our uh, marriage uh, event bad. It just it is <laughs> what it all. is. Not Spend at all. fifteen dollars. Come to a Friday night. We'll do a little comedy. We'll we'll share a little teaching with you as a refresher, like a date night. Uh, we have not done those like actively for, I want to say five years, but I bet it's getting closer to 10 now. Look at how gray I'm getting. Man, time <laughs> is flying. Anywho. You're the, getting distinguished, dear. <laughs> that's one way to look wow. at it. Wow. I should get my boots on. I, didn't know <laughs> I know. I know. So here's the point. I know when our marriage is at 11 on a 1 to 10 scale, and I don't want to lose that. So when it drops down to that seven, six, seven, eight, and you're just kind of going through the motions because of whatever, we we need to stop and change that because it's just too good. You know, it's just like Emily makes award-winning chili. She's she's actually competed and won prizes for her chili. For her to phone it in and dump a can of chili in and serve it, it it's just not right. You you follow? And it's like some yeah. people know that yeah. in their marriage. They know that they were designed for something better. They know that what they had was better. They also know in the back of their head they're part of the problem, why it's a little bit off off kilter. And they are looking for somebody to help them get back on, somebody that they can talk to. And so if you have anything going on in your marriage, 
you need to be proactive. And the website is designedtothrive.net. And then, of course, freshroadmedia.com, where Emily has her blogs, where we have our, our show, and where we're going to start doing more for marriages because it is the backbone that has split our society. Gary, any yep. final thoughts you want to leave with the audience? And, I mean, you, you've got blank canvas and plenty of time. What would you want people to know in this culture where it just feels like today is darker than yesterday, which was, you know, which was darker than the day before. And it just seems like just having a biblical worldview is almost to the point of being illegal now in, in the world, not just America, but in the world. I'll make it quick and real easy. I tell people that come, we have a weekend, several weekends just for pastors or full-time Christian workers. Mm -hmm. We have weekends for military couples. Uh, We have, have special weekends. And, but I, I, Tell them this one thing. If I were to ask them, do you, do you really want to serve God and, and glorify God? They'd all say yes. And I would say to them, the greatest service, the greatest way to glorify God is to have a marriage that impacts the world. Mm-hmm. Pastors, pastors, you want to have a ministry? Great for you. But, but uh, let me tell you something. If your marriage isn't right, your ministry is never going to be right. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and if Emily so, says I'm, if Emily says she can't handle it here anymore, I'm done. I'm done immediately. It doesn't matter how much, how passionate, how committed I am. I'm taking her over any any. God God would never put me in a position where I'd have to choose between serving Him or my marriage. I don't believe that, and I nope, believe that I, you always. You I know, agree. You know I, you know there's this guy who came up to Adrian Rogers one time and he said. Um, I left my wife for my secretary, but we're serving Jesus now, and we, we want you to pray for us because we want to be traveling evangelists. And Adrian Rogers says, I'm not going to pray for you, bro. I'm not going to waste my breath. And, and I think he said bro, too. Yeah, yeah. bud, <laughs> dude, you know, right, yeah. guy. Look, guy, it ain't happening. I mean, can you, can you just before we go, can you dive into what I'm talking about, why God wouldn't bless something like that where if your marriage is really messed up, it might be affecting your ministry. Cause a lot of ministry guys look, I mean, if I didn't have you and I had a, and I was struggling in my marriage as a pastor, who could I go to asking? As, you know? Well, the, the sad thing about pastors is that most of us are pretty insecure guys when you get underneath it all. And uh, we don't want people to know we're struggling. We don't want people because we think that they think we're on this pedestal, and we're not. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I've I've watched a lot of pastors have gone through that, and, and their marriages have ended because they were too proud to ask for help. First of all, no matter who it is, especially me and my wife, if we need help, we need to identify it and look for it wherever we can get it. And there are resources yeah. out there all over for that. Get the pride thing out of the way. But but I also think that that. If we understand how big a priority God's mar- the marriage is, began in the Garden of Eden, it, it was important then. It ends in the book of Revelation when the father says to the son, go get your bride. Bride. Yeah. 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 The church. The church is the bride. Is that not a picture of wonder and marriage? Is yeah. that not a picture of glory and honor? Mm-hmm. Come on. We, we yeah. need to get that through to people. I love that biblical perspective because I think you are so right on with that. And I, and I like to tell people um, <clears throat> that when it comes to a married couple and you're both professing Christians, your marriage is your number one witness because that covenant yep. relationship that you have with each other 
uh, with Christ at the center, that's a mirror of the covenant relationship that God wants to have with every human being on the face of the earth. And so make that marriage your priority. I think it's so easy in this culture where our jobs are way too important for men and our kids are way too important for women. But if we could just realize that that marriage relationship, that covenant relationship is really the most precious gift that we have been given, I think we would maybe put a little more thought, a little more work, and a little more weight to keeping that that relationship healthy. Am I am I way off there? Preach it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> right on, way All off right. is already happening. Yeah, yeah we're, that's right on. All right. Well, thank you, for, Gary, for joining us. I really I love talking to you. We're going to have you back again. And I just really appreciate the work you do. And so Godspeed. Keep it up, brother. Uh, you guys, too, miss you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon, I hope. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, reset the cameras. We're coming back with Mike Shaw, right on, way off on No Apology with Emily and Chris on FreshRoadMedia.com. Hey, if you enjoy listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris, brought to you by FreshRoadMedia.com. Don't forget, we are listener-supported. What does that mean? That means listeners just like you send money in so that we can keep doing this at a high level. That's pretty cool. And uh, I just like everybody to know, it's no big deal, but I get paid a grand total of zero. (laughs) And always will. (laughs) Because I'm the pastor of Fresh Encounter Church, and I love that. That's who I am. And yes, Fresh Encounter Church came alongside when this ministry started, calling it Fresh Road Media. Uh, And so I'm excited that Emily is the president and CEO of all this. And Emily, it's your show. (sighs) Everybody, welcome back. (laughs) Mike is sitting there on camera now, and you're listening. Emily, Mike, are ready? Go. All right. It's time for Right On, Way Off. I feel like a game show host. (laughs) My favorite part of the show. And I'm... Actually, this is catching on. I'm actually loving it. I'm hearing people talk back to me using that term right on way off. They are. It, so, it's, it's really cool. Um, in fact, I, do you want me to do like my big market voice guy, like uh, to do an intro? I would love that. Like, we don't have to tell you who rocks the Twin Cities. It's Emily and Mike Shaw with right on way off. No. Except instead of Twin Cities, it's got to be Iowa cornfields. Oh, we don't have to tell you who rocks Shelby County. <laughs> Perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. All right. Monster trucks. No, okay, time go ahead. for right on way off. By the and... way, my monster truck ad was my yeah. favorite ad of all time out of the thousands I voiced. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's yeah, my yeah, number yeah, one yeah. favorite. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I digress. Are you done using your words? I want to. I want to go watch monster <laughs> trucks now. <laughs> Heaven forbid we start talking about food. All right. right on, way off. Emily. Right on, way off. I've got three statements. We're going to go to Chris and Mike and determine whether these statements are indeed right on or way off. They're going to give me their opinions. And so, first up, Chris, we'll go with you. Ta da. Burning leaves. Burning leaves. Smell better than cut grass. Right on or way off? I'm going way off. Why? Because I love the smell of fresh grass. Especially uh, like like a late morning arrival at a ballpark. Okay, you know and we're talking about mower mowed grass, yes, right? Okay. Yes, yes. I I left that lifestyle years ago. <laughs> okay. Thirty one, in fact. 
Okay. Anywho. Cut grass. Yes. That smell of cut grass at the ballpark. You know, there's just, to me, that's one of the most awesome smells on the planet. I won't tell you what the other awesome smell is, but that was one of my top three smells of my life is that cut grass smell. Interesting. At like even a little league stadium, like, or little league ballpark when they just cut the grass and everybody's getting ready to play. It's just such a great smell. Yeah. Did you not cut the grass at home? Cause that's what I remember. Uh, You don't get the, sometimes when you, sometimes when you mow the lawn, you don't get that same smell when you're the one cutting it. I don't know why is it. I, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe anyway. maybe it's all weeds and not actually grass. I love that. I love that fresh right. smell of cut grass. I'll take that over burning leaves. Know. So I'm okay. I'm either way off or whatever. You're you way off. Right, Mike way Shaw, off. what do you think? Burning leaves smell better than cut grass. Right uh, on or way off? That's a million percent right on. Okay. Uh, for a couple of good reasons. <laughs> okay. You heretics. First of all. First of you all. You odor heretics. First of all, fall. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Summer's too hot. It's too much sunshine. It's depressing. <laughs> we want we want clouds. We want gray. Oh. We want rain turning to snow. Yes. And we want to burn those leaves. Uh, it, growing up in Oregon, that was kind of the vibe. Yeah, I know? bet it was when, in Oregon. When yeah. fall hit, you know, and you, you people are out pheasant hunting and you've got uh, piles of leaves that are burning and it's yeah. uh, you know, light rain and you just know that... that uh, Fall is here. Yeah. So I just love it. And then the other thing is I'm kind of allergic to grass or was when I was younger. Oh, so, yikes. Um, yeah. So when I used to, when I had my own house back in the day yeah. and I had what to mow the do? lawn. Well, I had to mow the lawn as a responsible homeowner. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my washer and dryer were in the garage. So I would, uh, when I was done, I'd park the lawnmower. I'd lower the garage door and then I would take off my clothes, throw them in the washer <laughs> and jump in the shower <laughs> Uh, otherwise, my eyes would itch for all week. Well, well you thank have you to for be... painting that picture. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you have to be way off then, <laughs> yes. or right on. Yeah. And I'm way off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it uh, is yeah. what it is. I know this a kid time, growing up, the, growing up, he was allergic to grass, and, and it was a struggle. And so, yeah, yeah you got to pump yourself full of whatever, and so antihistamines. So it's total opinionated. Where do you fall, Emily? Well, we fall with the fall. And yes, burning leaves do. That is a better smell than cut grass, and I'll tell you why, because cut grass, while it is fantastic, uh, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. You get just this, oh, that smells wonderful, that's nice, kind of fresh and uplifting or whatever. Those burning leaves in the fall, that speaks into so many things. It speaks into great food, like a big old pot of chili or a roast in the oven. It speaks into a warm, crackling fire, just home and family and love and warmth and all those that that those burning leaves evoke all of that and so yes indeed it smells to me like vandalism <laughs> but that's another story depends <laughs> on where you grew up i think uh, yeah. i don't know no yeah. no no no, no. Uh, you mean... ever get busted behind the garage as a 10 year old lighting leaves <laughs> i bet not I bet not. <laughs> well, you know, what can you say? Okay, so we all Am I the agreed. only one that was playing with matches as a child and got severely punished? Like severely? No, you are not the only okay. one. And that is, that's another thing. How many kids do you have to catch playing with the lawnmower or cutting the grass? None. Because it ain't that interesting. You know? <laughs> Sounds like work. But I did burn a few leaves with a magnifying glass. Yeah, see, yeah. you can use that as right. well. There's mm-hmm. lots of methods behind the madness. Yeah. A couple so ants, maybe. Once again, I agree with Mike. Okay. Well, my new sermon is Cut Grass Leads to Righteousness, Burning Leaves 
heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Vandalism and heresy. So much. And, and, and there's a convicted. gospel. There is a gospel message in those burning leaves as well. Oh, what is, I mean, is God you know. talking to Moses through the burning leaves? <laughs> well, I never did, thought did of that. Did Moses rake the yard <laughs> first when he got up on the side of the mountain? And yet the leaves were not consumed. <laughs> but there's that, and, they, and, they and the leaves were not consumed. Uh, right. But no, everything has to go through that death, you know, dormancy thing. And then in the spring, it brings new life. So I love that. All you right. probably aren't going to have great cut grass without burning the leaves. You have to burn the leaves to get the great cut grass. Right. Uh, I'll mulch them. <laughs> So they're Go all on. depending Next on question. each other? Next they question. are. It's the circle of life. <laughs> all, right. all right. Statement number two. Number two. Number two is a quote. I'm not going to tell you who it's by right now, but I will not. tell you later. It says, the good Lord didn't create anything without a purpose, but the fly comes close. Is that right on or way off? Mike Shaw, what do you think? <laughs> that is so right on. <laughs> uh, what, what the deal? So, um... Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what year it was. Ton of rain over a week period, some flooding. And following that, you know what happens. And you guys being in Minnesota, you know, the mosquitoes, the state bird there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mosquitoes were so bad. And uh, Southcrest Baptist Church on the South Loop 289, they had a sign that says, Why didn't Noah just slap those two mosquitoes? <laughs> And I think you could say the same thing about flies. Flies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? So that's right on. Yeah. All right. What do you think, Chris? Right I'm, on, way off. I'm way off. Okay. And the reason being is that I hate bugs with a passion. Yeah. And, and we have found out, uh, without going into any detail, we have found out that my heritage, my blood type, some of my behaviors, they're all like number one things that attract bugs. If you, like, for example, people that have O negative blood, which is me. We are much tastier to the bugs. True. It's, it's been proven. Yeah. And so Emily Dark and I clothing. Emily and I have been campfire people since we met. And so we'll be out by the campfire. I don't think a year of our marriage over thirty eight years, we've not had multiple campfires in that year. We mm-hmm. never you know, it's just part of our life. And we can be out at the campfire and Emily's not getting bit at all, and I'm just I can't stay there. And and for years we tried to figure out why. And I thought it was I was just this incredible wuss when it came to bugs. And it turns out I'm not. I was just being attacked a lot more than other people. Okay. And so I've had to do a deep dive research as to why these critters are so awful. And you realize that they are all part of the circle of life. They okay. are food supply. They are food source uh, for other bugs that we don't want. But that's another story for another day. Yeah. The point is, is I don't believe that God... Um, has created these things with no purpose in mind other than just to annoy the human being. <laughs> and and if that was his purpose, then we should look at it as such. And, okay. And, and you on. realize so. that that beautiful story that you just told, <laughs> you just lost Mike. I just cut Mike out of the thing. Let, okay. me, let me see if I can find him. Because I, I, I want to see his reaction. <laughs> did, did I fall? Did I disappear? There. Uh, no, 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 that's, no, that's bad. Okay. <laughs> did you break it? I, I think so. I think Chris broke it. You want me to come over and fix it? I don't know. Just everybody hold on. Let me see if I can't figure this out. Okay. All right, there. I got it. I All got right, it. We're good. Very where, good. Where, where were now, we? Now, I was explaining to you how that beautiful story that you just talked about with learning about the insects and doing it around a bonfire is all brought to you by burning leaves. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right. Now, let me ask the Touché. theologian. Let me ask the, let me ask the theologian pastor. Okay. Uh, is it possible that flies and mosquitoes and the like are part of the fall? Oh. Not not the season fall, but the fall. Like maybe they weren't so annoying before like God, the fall. Like before the yeah. fall, he didn't have them. Or like, like Genesis three, or like mosquitoes were pets. Yeah. <laughs> or something. The children rode them. Yes. <laughs> Put little yeah. saddles and the on them. Fly laid down with the spider. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it doesn't say that. Yes. Um, it is. Po- again, I think that's I, possible. Can, can I answer this honestly? Sure. I mean, like just stone cold. Let's yep. cut through the crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If God, you know, here, here's here's one of the problems that we have with scholarly Christianity in 2023. Okay. And that is that a lot. A lot of people are coming off of what we just talking about now. Let's get into the significance. Let's let's find out. What did, is Genesis three? This is this where is the mosquitoes part of the fall? Blah, blah. And you get into all this minutia that a you will not find an actual answer to. You will come up with an opinion that you think might be an answer, but you will not find an answer. Mm-hmm. Number two, God's ways are so much higher than our ways for us to even attempt to figure them out. We're wasting people's time, including True. our own. And number yeah. three. What difference does it make if somehow you could find out that mosquitoes are part of the fall? So kill those sinful little things. <laughs> I mean, y- 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 you get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, there's, there's yeah. no end game that actually advances sure. my walk in Christianity, so I don't care. Okay, I'll and, ask and, him. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I will try it's to... It's a and curiosity. If we, and if we try course, to figure course. out our curiosity beyond just conversation and fun and getting into let's scholarly figure this out, I yeah. think that's where a lot of errors are made. Uh, I like that. And and the one I point back to is this blowhard from Calvin College went and he just was bound to determine he was the most significant scholar in the world. So he published that he has figured out that there most likely was never a Garden of Eden. Right. And that Adam and Eve were really just figments of Moses's imagination. They were archetypes. Oh they were archetypes. Yeah. And, and it's like... Emergent church? It, yeah. Well, it's not even emergent church. It's like, you know... Flush that, but church. progressivism, I mean, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right. And, and, and this goes back to where is your significance? Look, it, it also ties in with those of you who want to have this prophetess and prophet experience, and you want the special revelation from from God. God gave you special revelation. It's in sixty six books from Genesis one to Revelation twenty two. Mm-hmm. Learn that, yeah. and, and 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 I've been studying it hardcore for over 30 years, and I feel like I've just scratched the surface. Oh, yeah. I get up in the pulpit on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, I hope this makes sense, because, yeah, you know. So <laughs> am I right on or way off? I don't even know where we were. <laughs> All that from a fly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Flies are not the <laughs> devil. <laughs> so I don't even know. Chris, you said you were way off. I don't even know. And Mike, you said you were right on. Right on. I'm trying Correct. not to touch something to make Mike Shaw black out again. <laughs> <laughs> Keep just your the, hands to just, yourself. Just quit messing with the mouse. <laughs> I know. Be fun. I know. Just sit and drink my green juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I used to do this in private, and now there's a camera. What I yeah. think is really interesting, though, is that neither one of you have asked yet who that quote came Sir from. Sir Isaac Newton? Oh. oh. Uh, is That's it, a good let guess. Me ask you, let, me, let me, modern day, modern day being 1850 or or earlier? Yeah, yes. Post-Spurgeon or pre-Spurgeon? That's always. yes. I mean, Which one? Post, I would say, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like post. Flies. Post Spurgeon. Post, so, yes. 
Hmm. Someone who did. I'm like going to just take a shot in the dark and say A.W. Tozer. Why not? Oh, that's yeah. so close. It's wow. Mark Twain. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark, Twain. Mark Twain, the good Lord, didn't create anything without a purpose. Have you even but read the, the two comes... authors? Mark Twain and A.W. Tozer, they wouldn't, they wouldn't collaborate. <laughs> the fly comes close. And I think if you really listen to the quote... Uh, Mark Twain is right with you. It comes close. Okay. Right. It comes close. Well, Mark Twain was the most incredible writer yeah. of that era. He was era. a great American was writer, great. wasn't oh, he? He's fantastic. And, you know, he spent some time in Missouri. This year was awful for flies in Iowa, yeah. man. We couldn't even sit outside. It was no. so awful. So maybe he experienced that same thing over in Missouri when he was growing think. up. I don't know. Who no knows? idea. Flies have right. been around for a long time. All right. <laughs> yeah, how, how many more questions do we have? 42. No, I'm just kidding. Just one more. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Uh, The Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies, probably because they are generally the same people. Right on or way off? Uh, Mike, I'm going to go with you first. Is that right on or way off? All right, that's a tough one. Um, for some people, it's probably right on. I'm going to go with way off on that. Um, I think... um, I've generally gotten along with my neighbors, so I've had a problem with that. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, my experience in Iowa, I just love this place, and I just love everyone at the church, and I love all my new friends, and it's my heart is full, so... I um, love you. <laughs> right, yes. You love me. I know. If I could dress up as a purple dinosaur, I think you know, I would do that. part of God's family. <laughs> With the Tic Tac family. Give a dog a bone. They stole that song. With the Tic Tac? <laughs> yes. They had Tic Tac back then? They stole that song. Tic Tac. Tic Tac, And then as far as loving your enemies, I'm not so sure it's love your enemies. It's more like pray for your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Yeah. You know, that's ser- the best way to love them. Serve yeah. Serve exactly. them because by doing so, you're dumping hot coals on their head. <laughs> you know, David prayed that uh, God would bash their teeth in. So that's um, true. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I pray that my enemies find God and, and uh, are saved from hell. Yeah. So I'll, I do go that far because I don't want anyone to go to hell. So anyway, I'm just way off on that whole thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe a little too simplistic. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? I believe I'm right on, but again, I have to hear the question one more time. Okay, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies, probably because they are generally the same people. I'm way off. Okay, why are you way off? Because I think the Bible is very specific that even though some of your enemies could be your neighbors, when it says love your neighbor as yourself, it's talking about your world, talking about your inner circle, talking yeah. about where you are. Yeah. And that love must be righteous. And, in, and, it, it, and it comes from God. I mean, most of us, um, we're not like Emily. We're not naturally loving people. And so... <laughs> We have to conjure it up. Well, you can't conjure up this love for your neighbor without the spirit. And then right. when it talks about loving your enemies, it's very specific. These are your enemies. They're not the same people. So that's what I take issue with. I'm not saying a neighbor can't be an enemy. But when it's talking about loving your enemy, the, the, the gist of it is, mm-hmm. and this really kind of makes Christianity hard to swallow some days, mm-hmm. is that because of Christ's righteousness on my life, because of the mountain that I have been forgiven— I need to, in the Spirit of God dwelling in me, hold no record of wrong when right. someone wrongs me. True. There and, you go. And because the love of Christ is in me, when I see my enemy just being acting a fool, my heart breaks for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to not hold record of wrong. 
And I got a caveat on the other side coming up, so don't 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 let me lose you. So I try to hold no record of wrong. So when things are going bad with this person, um, I want to pray for them. I want to do things, but it just doesn't sting, especially if I second uh, second first one of the Corinthians chapter four, the veil, the veils oh, in front of them. Right, chapter three right. and four really go through it. They're veiled. They don't know. They don't know. They don't yeah. know. It's just yeah. like my dog does something stupid. It's like, yeah, he didn't know. You know, and if he did know, then there's something else. Now, the flip side of that is people will take the truth that I just shared, mm-hmm. and then when people want justice from an enemy that hurt him, they'll beat him down, saying, "You don't, you, you, you leave the justice to the Lord." Not always the case. True. Sometimes God puts justice in our hands for our future, whether that be to know that He's there. You know, other t- other times we got to leave justice to God. It's it's in the interaction with your neighbor and your enemies that you sort this out. Right, So right. to say my neighbors are generally going to be my enemies, that is not what the Bible teaches. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a quote. I'm going to say that... Sorry to end on such no. a bummer train. <laughs> <laughs> Should have ended with the burning leaves. That would have been a little better uh, more upbeat. Well, parsed it well. <laughs> let me save this whole show. Okay? Oh. <laughs> I'm yes. joking. I'm joking. I'm well, right Let me get on. you on full camera because you're important. <laughs> Thank you very much. The peanut gallery, uh, the leader. All right. Uh, so I'm right on. I am right on with this. This is actually a quote from G.K. Chesterton. And the reason that I'm right on with this, even though it does, what I'm about to say does not invalidate what you guys were saying, because I, I think there's absolute truth in what, what you guys are saying. But I think what he's talking about here is, you know, in the Bible where it talks about you, you can't put your trust in any man, trust in no frame, whether it's a government or a personal relationship. Chris, you and I have counseled a lot of people who the best friend in the in the world is all of a sudden not their friend and they and it's that's a hard pill to swallow or a marriage that splits you know what i mean they love you till they don't love you anymore mm-hmm. and that's a line we use all the time people are fickle mm-hmm. they really 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 are and so i think that there is an element of truth in that humanity just has that natural bent to you know veer off into sin and so when we do veer off into sin it's like you said chris they're veiled and and um, to maintain that, you know, who loves you today may not love you tomorrow or who who hates you today may love you tomorrow. That's a real thing. And that goes back to marriage, where yeah, when you make exactly. a marriage commitment, you're not doing it out of. Well, as long as as long as she behaves and, and acts like I want. True, and as yeah. long as he does what I want him to do. Yeah. See, a real marriage comes into play when. If, if all I worry about is how I can serve Emily, mm-hmm. yep. and all Emily worries about is how she can serve me, mm-hmm. we have a great relationship. And in my service of her, when I see her serving me back, it feels good. It, yeah. fe- it feels like we're, we're on the same page. In fact, yesterday, I was sitting on the deck, and we have water bottles that we re- refill out of the fridge. We have a little hydration packet that we put in there to try to help us not be fat Old. and pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> And I had no reason other than the fact that I'd been serving Emily a lot the last few days. I just said, would you go do this for me? And and she looked at me and she <laughs> kind of half smiled like she knew she was being played, but she this knew she had different. to do it. Yeah. So she did. 
And you, you get what I'm saying? It's like, what a wonderful thing. But if we go into this marriage or any relationship, just what can I get out of it? Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? It won't yeah. last. Yeah. yeah. Which is why the consumer Christian mentality at a church is horrible. Mm-hmm. If you come into a church and, you, and, and, and you're just visiting, you're trying to absorb, you're trying to eat spiritual food, well, God bless you. None of this applies to you. But if you've been in that church for a while and it's your church home, and now you're going to look at everything through a consumer uh, consumer mentality, what does this do for me? What are my thoughts? Right. The, Am I being fed? You know, yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. then it all falls apart. And like as a pastor or a guest speaker or a radio host, they love you till they don't love you anymore. Yeah. And that's why you, yeah. anybody outside your inner circle, I have two inner circles. I have the, uh, the outer inner circle and the inner inner circle. The outer inner circle, people don't get to the inner inner circle. And then everybody else is everybody else. And that's just the way I have to function in my yeah, life. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And so. it takes a tremendous amount of discerning because, you know, Chris, you and I have seen marriages that have split. They have treated each other horribly. And yet God is still in the business of reconciliation. Yeah. And he literally brings that back together. He heals it. And it's and then those people go forward actually in a stronger marriage than like what Gary was talking about, where... Well, we never cheated on each other. We never did those things, but we're just kind of going through the motion. And yet this reconciled marriage has a depth and a passion that's that really inspires others. So I think the, the quote here is, you know, don't put your trust in any man um, and or, don't, person. or person. And uh, and likewise, don't build don't burn your bridges. But God, God will, yeah, or your leaves. <laughs> if your bridges are made of leaves, don't I, burn them. Burn your leaves, um, I don't care, I'm joking. But, but God, when God directs us and tells us this is what you need to do here and this is what we need to do there, we have to have this dis- the discerning to know the difference. Discernment. So, very good. G.K. Chesterton. I like that quote. I'm going to keep that one in the that was holster. A good, that was a good right on way off, yeah. even though we had camera problems in the middle of it. And for you audio only listeners, uh, tell your friends because that's where the show's the best, in my yeah. opinion. Good banter. That <laughs> Those was that good have to banter. Look at us, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike Shaw, before we take off, what's yeah. coming up on your new show? How's it been going? The yeah. name of the show is Jesus is Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. Another broadcast that is on freshroadmedia.com alongside this show, No Apology with Emily and Chris. And the teaching of my pastoral ministry called Bible Idiots. But, Mike, what's going on with your show? Well, so um, just some interviews I'm thinking about. Um, Jay Johnson, uh, Andrew Gomison, and Gary Kuhn I just met. Yes. Uh, so he, I'm going to have him on my show. He's Can't find your own guests, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. This I'm is just, how it works, I'm right? Just here, we'll you know? share. We'll share. <laughs> I'm, I'm just here, here's make the, new friends. Keep the old here's, one here's the is thing. silver. And the others gold. What, what, what episode exactly. number are we up to? 21, 22, something like that? Yeah, 20 yeah. something? 22, I think. Every guest we've had is basically a friend of mine, and I call them and yeah. say, "Hey, would you you want right, to be you want right. to help Emily out with her new show?" Yeah, we have not reached out to the masses yet, yeah. and the one who. Uh, when when he was on the Robertson show, said he he didn't remember being on Bible Idiots. Well, he does now because I'm trying to get Frank Turk to come on the show. <laughs> good, good. And his his they're right, busy people. His right hand gal basically said maybe later fall. In other words, they're saying in the fall. Once you get a better audience, burn your leaves, dude, and yeah. call me back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, get, right. When get, it's leaf burning season, you, good you need you need, a, you need a few more hundred listeners before he's going to come on. But anyway, well, we're doing well, and uh, yeah. and you're right, Chris. I have no friends, so I'm yeah. stealing. <laughs> 
so I'm I'm calling yours. <laughs> it's making my show better. Well, uh, I'm wondering where all your people are because you got people all over the country because you had yeah. a talk show in Tucson for four years. You've been all over the country, Weatherman in Roswell, New Mexico, Lubbock, right. Texas. I mean, so it's not like you're bereft of opportunity. Right, right, right. It's just you're in Iowa, and it's just so easy just to tack on to some of these good people. That, well, and he's got other interviews yeah. as well. well first of all, well, I like Dr. Ben, or not, uh, yeah. Pastor Ben. Pastor Ben was great, yeah. Yeah. and we talked, uh, and that, that's and we, a lot we've of known years. him since he, you yeah. know, before so, he became a pastor. I mean, he a was, lot of these are yeah. mutual friends, yeah. right? So, well, pastor, and you, but you know Ben right. a lot more than we do. We met him right, twice, right, and right. he is his name was on emails because he was in the same right. work group and, when we were at the same broadcast company. And you and I both worked with Jay Johnson, yeah. The three of us worked mm-hmm. with Jay Johnson in mm-hmm. Tucson, and then. But then you guys uh, served with him in Kansas, so you know him a lot better now. Yeah, Jay's inner inner uh, circle. But uh, you know, Jay's Jay was a great friend when in 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 Tucson. So yeah, yeah he's um, such a good friend to me that the mm-hmm. two years I spent in Abilene, Kansas, there's no fewer than five times he sat me down and looked at me with that angry Jay Johnson <laughs> face and Aww. gave me some really hard news. Like, yeah, and he was Knock right. It off, yeah, Chris. I had to, I yeah. had to apologize in one situation. Another one, I had to literally change my approach to ministry. Overall, I've never yeah. seen that face of Jay's. Uh, let me <laughs> the tell angry you, Jay you, face. When, when you see it, you'll know it. And it, I, I it's not angry. It. I don't it's not see it. angry. No, it's, it's serious. Just, it's, it's just yeah. Let's have a heart. If you don't change, here. I will be majorly disappointed in you. Yeah. And it's like Jay, I don't want you disappointed no, in me. No, I'm not, no. <laughs> I don't want Jay disappointed. No, in it's just you know sometimes when friends tell you the truth, and even if it hurts. It's some of the That's best things love. that can ever happen. That to is you. love. You know, exactly. I'll give you. I'll give you one example. All right. Uh, we were talking about because uh, me and Jay and a couple other pastors would hang out on a weekly basis. Well, it you know weekly turns into like four out of six weeks. You know how that goes. Yeah. So it wasn't every single week, but most weeks. And one time we were talking about our our churches, and I said my church, and um, I'm a big proponent of what Jay Jay says. And so for me to actually make that mistake was kind of shocking. And Jay, Jay literally came, you know, not unglued, but, you know, just very, very up, like, uh, I'm serious. Getting up on yeah. the wheel. He's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's like, whose church? Is it really your church? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's Jesus's church, Jay. I'm so sorry. It's Jesus's church. So you won't hear me. If you hear me say my church, chances are I'm correcting yeah. myself in my, in my head. Yeah. And so um, they made a pulpit for me. Uh, and I brought it to, um, it was a gift to me, so it's mine. So I brought it here. We, we don't use it. It's in our youth room because they have a pulpit that's very special to a lot of people here. So we're using that one. Right. But on it, I had it written right there where no one can see it but me. It says, it's not about you. Huh. And I learned that again from preaching at White Ferry Road Church because Al Robertson's pulpit had that. And yeah. Phil, I wanted it there. Nice. You see it and you immediately know what it says before you even read it. But the point is, is once you get that in your head, yeah. it frees you mm-hmm. up. Where if, you know, you make mistakes or you're bumbling around, it's not the end of the world. Because yeah. if you are perfect, if you're the perfect orator and you don't have the power of God in the message, who cares? It ain't going to yeah. go nowhere. Yeah. I mean, if you have disunity, like like on a church board or mm-hmm. in your marriage or whatever, mm-hmm. the power of what you do gets sucked away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can smell it, you can feel it, you can see it, however you want to put that, that spiritual vibe, that that hum, you know it's there when it's there, and you know it's gone when it's gone. Yeah, the Holy Spirit really does bring that unity. It's a work of God. Mm-hmm. It's not a work of men's right. hearts, That's right. but the Holy Spirit does bring unity. So when there isn't unity, something ain't right, and you really need to acknowledge that, number one, and number two, find where that hiccup is 
because otherwise, like you said, Chris, the Holy Spirit withdraws the and and we're just going through the motions then and we're doing religious activity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, unity, yep. unity of the yep. body. So go back important. to the start of the show. Unity, unity, so unity. important. All, All right. right. Well, I was I was glad to down, uh, donate my time to this uh, broadcast again. We so, are too. Yeah. <laughs> you stumbled over that sentence pretty hard. Are you sure? <laughs> are you really sure? What percentage of zero would you like, my dear? <laughs> Just name your price. Oh, just give me everything you got. That'll no, be I, I, this, this was another bumbling, stumbling, probably people are going to like it and call it a success. I just am like, I don't even know how this is even broadcastable. <laughs> but here we are. It's fun. It's great. And iron sharpens iron. That's what it's all about, all bringing right. light to the world authentically. You cannot deny this is not authentic. And honestly... So, yeah. Thanks, Mike, for being job. with us. We appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, go to freshroadmedia.com. Give your best gift right now. Help keep this broadcast growing. Uh, it's going to be syndicated. It's going to go into a lot of places right now. It's just an upstart podcast in a really cool stu- studio in a really cool town in Iowa. And we are glad that you are along with us. Emily, your final thoughts today as we say goodbye. Uh, love your enemies and love your neighbors. That is the great command, because Christ first loved you. That's right. That's my final thought. You're not going to take us out? You want me to do it? Oh, sure. You're listening to no apology. You're what, listening. And, uh, uh, let's just okay. stop for a second. Yeah, At yeah. what point do you take over the show? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just, I've been waiting. 20 episodes. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> take it, girl. Take it. You're listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Don't forget to join us next week. And check out all the resources we have available for you at freshroadmedia.com. Ba-dum-bump.